Hey, folks, I'm Tom. KJ here. You've heard this before, but we're new and improved now, and so is the Dunlap Champions Club. It's back for another year. You know that. By now, if you have not been in there, I don't know what you've been doing, but we will remind you, this is always the best time to test drive. If you want to check it out, we have the spring game coming up April 18th, followed by a concert. Uh, good pricing to get in and see what you've been missing. A reserved chairback seat, access to indoor air-conditioned areas, always a good thing. All-inclusive food and soft drinks starting two hours before kickoff. Access, I love this part, to adult beverages and more. Funny that you would be the one to bring that up. Uh, the home schedule this year, obviously, when we get to the, the fall portion, uh, the, the meat of the actual football season, I guess I should say. Clemson and Florida are on the docket. Pitt coming to town for basically the first time since uh, since KJ played. Well, I guess shortly after you uh should we say retired? Finished. I, I wish finished. That's good. Finished. Anyway, uh, as far as the spring game goes, again, 5 o'clock kick on April 18th. And if you're a, a booster member already, a, a ticket holder in the Dunlap Champions Club, it's just 60 bucks to get in for that. Uh, if not, $80. But either way, uh, particularly if you're general public and have not sampled the Dunlap Champions Club, Champions Club it's the best way to do it. You Six, can schedule a private tour as well. So if you don't want to, if you want to buy after seeing, you can go in, take a good look, walk around, see what's going on. It's a big place, twenty thousand square feet of space, uh, can handle up to five hundred folks. If you've got other plans for other types of events that you want to schedule, it's worth the visit. Six four four eighteen thirty is the number to call. Now, without further ado, Front Row Knowles. Broadcasting live from the Prime Meridian Bank Studios in the capital city of Tallahassee, this is Front Row Knowles with Tom Block and Keith Jones. Front Row Knowles is brought to you by Cornerstone Tool and Fastener, online at ctf.nu. Now, here's Tom and Keith. Good day, everybody. Tom and KJ back with you. This is Front Row Knowles, and uh, we are in our makeshift studios out in northeast Tallahassee, practicing proper social distancing uh, at Casa de Tom. And uh, it is what it is, Keith, which is about all we can say to sum up the current state of affairs in our world, I think. This is the new Prime Meridian Bank Annex Studio. (laughs) (laughs) is what we're going to call it, uh, otherwise known as a driveway. Yeah. Yes, we're not. Uh, there's no entering the house, and uh, we will cleanse accordingly. Uh, we joke because what else are we going to do? I, I'm going to be just candid about it, and I don't think this is different than anybody else, Keith. Just trying to summarize the last week or so, obviously my initial thought, and this is every FSU fan, I was completely disappointed, frustrated, angry that the basketball team didn't get a chance to test its mettle against everybody else nationally and then secondarily i was po'd that i wasn't going to be in a bracket because march madness is one of the best events out there but now as we've adjusted into what really is going to be the new norm here and we don't know how long i haven't had an appetite for sports at all and i know that the nfl opened its week you know continued with business as usual this week and there's big news with tom brady Frankly, I'm really not interested in it right now. I just haven't wanted, I haven't had a stomach to really care or want to digest it. I, I was sitting in Greensboro. We had actually gone on the air, uh, Gene and I. Uh, we'd done the, the pregame interview with Coach Hamilton, and we'd done the little wraparound that uh, Dave Pulaski does uh, talking about it. And they'd come to us live, and Florida State had left the court, and they had come back on the court. And then Clemson never came on the court. And then Florida State back off the court. And when they left, I thought to myself, we, we were live and talking, but I thought to myself, this can't be good. 
And then uh, athletics director uh, David Coburn came over and said uh, that the tournament had been canceled. And, of course, by this time, the NCAA had already announced that they would be playing the, the March Madness games with nobody in the stands. And there were nobody in the stands for this game on, uh, on Thursday in Greensboro uh, for that very same reason. And uh, I started crying. I had tears in my eyes, literal tears in my eyes, because even though I'm very, very, very removed from being a competitive athlete at the collegiate level, I once was. And I remember distinctly coming to grips and understanding the last Orange Bowl that I played in, which unfortunately we lost, that you know my athletic career was over 40 years ago. And I felt for those guys, particularly Trent, and and um, and Dominic, that their career was over, but not with a loss, but with an inability to play. And I I was overwhelmed. I was overcome. Uh, I was emotionally moved by that. And um, I don't say that for sympathy or anything other than to say, any of us that have participated at that level, and had what little bit of success I had, and what great success these kids had. It is extremely moving uh, to know that that has ended, not with a loss, that hurts, but through something that's completely outside of your, your control. And, um, and it is what it is. Speaking as someone, which is like much of our audience, that didn't compete at the collegiate level, it still hurts a ton. And maybe pers- per- perspective, which basically means age, does add to it because when you followed it long enough you know that chances only come along so often so you can look at fsu football and as great as 2013 was if if you don't get that comeback against auburn it's a squandered opportunity and that's why to me when people talk about the most disappointing games and we don't have to have this conversation but losing to miami last year or the year before you never want to lose to miami those games don't hurt like wide right one does to me like 1987 does those are losses that cost you national championships when you're a mediocre team or even if you were eight and four nine and three if you thought the coaching could have been better or what have you you know ultimately it's one win it's a better bowl game but it's not costing you championships this was a basketball team that had a chance championship may have been you know that's you never know if you get hot but final four you can't say it was a certainty but it's the best chance they've had probably since the early 1970s well save for the loss to michigan a couple years ago and you just don't get these opportunities exactly right i mean i think back you know in in 1980 my last game that i referred to i mean it wasn't until 93 92 12 years where florida state was significance on the national picture we were number two in the country at the end of the regular season in 1980 and it would take 12 years to get back to a significance in 92 and of course the 93 title and on and then you look at 2000 football wise you play oklahoma 13-2 game in the orange bowl and it's 13 more years before florida state gets back in the hunt you could argue that 2012 was a good year but 2013 was the championship year so a missed opportunity in football it might be a decade before you get back. A missed opportunity in basketball might be two decades or longer. And uh, so I hear what you're saying. I think you're. I think you're spot on. If there was any saving grace, and it's it's little solace, but at least FSU was the outright 
regular season champ and by default got the trophy at the tournament. Because if that had been a four-way tie, Swafford wouldn't have cut the trophy in four places, four pieces, and handed it to four different schools. And we would have had this four-way tie. And so for historical purposes, and again, little solace, FSU can put in its media guide next year that they received an NCAA tournament bid in 1920 because they were the automatic qualifier. Duke can't say that. Now, they might say it because they were in the top 20 and would have gotten an at-large, but really, unless you got the automatic, you can't extend your streak. And again, little solace. I want you to share, though, I guess you guys stayed on the air throughout that, and then just kind of walk us through, I don't know, when you guys came home. I mean, it was kind of one of those, looking at it, everybody had fake smiles on, you know, like that family photo where you kind of got the fake smile because you really don't like the uncle you're standing next to. It felt like that looking at the, the, the because it's it's got to ring hollow. It does ring hollow for them. Well, we, we did stay on the air, and we, we talked through, much like, uh, I, I didn't think about this till now, but it's much like when you're up in the bucket calling the parade, the homecoming parade, you know, there's one thing to talk about an athletic event. You talk about the play and what the quarterback did and what the down and distance is and when they score and that type of thing. It's another thing, if you've ever been live, being heard, to talk about what you're seeing that you don't know what's going to happen next. There's no format. There's no regularity to it. So we're sitting there talking. All of a sudden, we get word that there's going to be an announcement relative to a presentation. Well, what are we going to present? And all of a sudden, here comes Florida State walking out on the court. And, and again, Athletics Director uh, Coburn comes over and says, they're going to present Florida State with the trophy. Well, then all of a sudden, here comes Clemson. And I'm going, well, wait a minute. Are we going to play an exhibition game? Maybe a scrimmage? What are we going to do here? But to Coach Brownell and the Clemson uh, group's credit, they came out to witness the presentation and to applaud Florida State for receiving the trophy. All the other teams that were scheduled to play had already left the building. There was another game, Duke and somebody, I think. Um, they had already left the building. We didn't know that until after the fact. And then Coach uh, ADL uh, Coburn comes over again and says, I'll go on the radio if you want me to. And he, you know, as you and I, well, no, he doesn't like doing that. It, you know, He's not a public person. He's a very reserved person. And and then Deckeroff says, well, we, we need to get coached, too. So they make the presentation. We talk about it. We actually, because of the way it worked out, which was great, we were able to broadcast uh, Commissioner Swafford's comments. We had that live. I think we were one of only maybe two outlets other than ESPN that had that available to the public. And then all of a sudden, here comes Leonard and Coburn. So we had both of them in the postgame, that quote-unquote. That's never happened before. So <clears throat> long story short, go back to the hotel, hang out, start getting texts. Uh, we don't know if we're going to be able to fly back that night or is it going to be Friday morning to the administration's credit. Uh, and Vanessa Fuchs and, and uh, Jared, uh, they were able to get us a plane. And uh, we actually took off from Greensboro plus or minus 10 o'clock and landed back in Tallahassee a little after midnight. And uh, I, was in, I was in my house by 1 a.m. Thursday night, Friday morning. And um, since then, obviously no banquet, uh, no uh, spring sports. We'll talk about that in our next segment. And uh, so that's, that's the timeline of things going on for those that might care. You travel with the team all the time. I've done it occasionally. To be clear, it's not like when you fly back after a game, if they won on the road, that there's a party going on on the plane. I mean, it's kind of business as usual, and the players are on their devices, and they've got 
earbuds in and people are just you know it's like a normal flight it's it's but i, I am curious I think shock probably is what had to be the appearance on everybody's face. I mean, I just characterize that, and then we'll wrap up this segment. The, the flight home was almost identical to the flight home from Duke. When we lost by five, it was really three, and it was a game we didn't shoot free throws well, and we had too many turnovers, and you knew if you got the opportunity to play Duke on a neutral court, you could possibly beat them. It was like a defeat, uh, and what happens in a defeat is you do not want to say anything because you don't want to have one of the coaches or one of the administrative folk give you what we call the evil eye. You know, you don't want to tell a cute story. You, you know, I, I worry to death that I'm going to say something because you just want to be quiet. It's kind of like when you're riding on the bus with the team to a game. You know, the coaches don't want anybody saying anything. Everything's supposed to be quiet. You're supposed to get focused. So that plane ride back was just like Florida State had lost. And uh, that, that's the best way I know to describe it. You mentioned all the ancillary issues that are out there now. Spring sports being canceled. Do seniors get an extra year? Is it just seniors in spring sports? What about winter sports? We'll, we'll dive into that. I, I do want to take a moment to just mention, uh, you know, a, an entity that's been a longtime sponsor. And by long time, uh, two studios at the current station, but actually was with us at our previous station, might have been the first sponsor that we brought on board because when we started this show, it happened to coincide with when Madison Social was opening its doors. And uh, that's the first time I met Matt Thompson, as a matter of fact, literally going into Madison Social maybe a month before they opened, two weeks. You know, they're trying to make sure their CO is punched and they can they can open the doors. But he's been with us since then, and it's it's tough times for him and for anybody that owns a local business, whether it's a restaurant or other. And you've heard this. If, you, if you've been on social media, he's been he's been talking about it a lot. You've seen some articles in the paper, uh, whether it's Madison Social or another local restaurant or local business that you support. Uh, the reality is some of them aren't going to make it through what we're facing the next couple of months. So I, I would just encourage our listeners to the degree that you can and whatever that looks like, whether it's buying a gift card for Madso or they've got a delivery, uh, well, sort of a, a pickup service, and they're running it through Soto and Social Catering. But they'll give you all the meal prep you need for a meal for four, and you just pull into Soto in Midtown, and you don't have to get out of your car. They'll put it in your car for you. So in terms of social distancing, that box is being checked. But, you know, support them however and whatever you see fit tip more if you're in the restaurant if you're doing that because these are these are tough times and and i hate to be morbid but there's dark days ahead you complicate and compound that with the fact that the kids are not back in school and are not going to be back in school along with the requirement that the in-store or in-restaurant seating be reduced by 50 percent you know it's amazing the number of people that that you don't think about that, that are affected by servers and, and kitchen staff and, uh, you know, valet parkers or whatever they're called. So I echo what you're saying. In fact, Kathy and I last night, uh, as, as we sit here on a Wednesday, Tuesday night, uh, we were talking and I said, you know, what do you want to do for dinner? I, can I cook something? I want she said, well, let me, let's, let's pick a restaurant that has carry out and let's order and I'll go get it. And I would encourage all of us that are still mobile and don't mind driving and uh, have a few pennies in our pocket, that's probably a good way to continue to support Madison Social, Centrale, uh, and all the other fine folks uh, local that uh, mean so much to this community. 
and obviously do what you can do. It's not that restaurants are the only ones being hit. There's a lot of businesses, uh, you know, that, that are going to be affected by this. You know that. So we'll stop there. We'll come back and uh, we'll try to refocus this on lack of sports, really, because it's not actual sports. But uh, we'll continue with Front Row Knowles after this. on 97.9 ESPN Radio is presented by Hobson Chevrolet of Cairo, Georgia. Get your best deal the Hobson way. Now, back to Tom and Keith. Welcome back to Front Row Knowles. We're going to change the name of the show to Front Porch Knowles because that's about what it feels like right now. Or, or Front Driveway Knowles or something is... Uh, Keith and I are uh, in the mobile, uh, what did you call it, the uh, Prime Meridian Annex? Prime Meridian, Prime Meridian Annex Studio. Okay. That's where we are. Uh, so anyway, I, you know, we went through basketball. I know that, that at this point we've turned the page on that, but I wanted Keith to, to share what that was like as somebody who travels with the basketball team. And I, I guess just to wrap it up, I mean, I really feel, you mentioned it for Trent in particular, but all those guys, do you think this – affects at all the decision that Devin Vassell will have to make and that Patrick Williams will have to make? Uh, no, I do not. Uh, I think that because of the money that's involved, that if they were inclined to move on after this year, uh, it's uh, not contingent upon them ha- having the opportunity to play for an ACC uh, tournament championship or an NCAA championship. Now, if they were vacillating the cell, then maybe it has an impact. But I think both of those kids, in my mind, probably have already made up their mind. Uh, so I don't think that this will affect it much. Uh, and that does, that's not for me to say that I know what they're going to do. I just know their temperaments. And, and they're, they're not whimsical people. They're very focused individuals. Um, they they map out what they're doing. Even Patrick, as a freshman, has a very clear picture of what I think he wants to accomplish. So I, I'm not sure this affects it to any degree. Uh, it might affect uh, Dominic Alenichuk uh, if he if he was somehow, although he's already redshirted, but if somehow he was given an option for a sixth year, uh, that might affect him some. But I don't think it affects uh, Devin or, or Patrick. Could be wrong. That's just my personal opinion. Well, one thing it could have affected, if you look at Patrick Williams, you know, we've all said since he got here he's a first-round NBA guy. But his stock has been improving, and he didn't get the the uh, opportunity to showcase himself in either of the tournaments, which could have moved him. And I haven't looked at the latest projections from you know, 19 up closer to a lottery pick or could have solidified that he's further up because the only roll of the dice at all, if you're looking at this, if you're either of those guys and you're projected to be picked 24, 26, yeah, that's a first round pick, but there's not a lot of wiggle room there if you happen to slip that now you're in non-guaranteed dollars if you go in the second round. That said, they've both been projected as first round picks for a while. See, the only thing I would disagree with you, Will, and it's a matter of semantics, the NBA knows who their top 20 or 25 are already. 
So six or seven extra games for Patrick is not going to move him from number 28 to number 12. Does that make sense? It may move him from number 40 to number 35, but it's not going to move him into the lottery. It's not going to move him further into the first round uh, based on that small sample size because the NBA has already done that homework. They've already done that research. They know what that is, again, in my personal opinion. I'm still holding out hope that one of them comes back, though I know full well that the way this works is you have to expect that they're gone, and if you get the news they're back, take it as gravy and uh, go from there. Well, it, it would not surprise me if both of them left. In like fashion, it would not surprise me if both of them came back because, again, they're very, very um, thought-driven, and they may have already made up their mind, the people they've talked to, the coaching staff that is appropriate there to advise them, you know, you know, they may already know they need another year of experience, and they can either get that experience at the NCAA level with a top ten program now in Florida State, or they can go to the D League, you know, and play in Greensboro or Memphis or wherever else they play those games. And if that's the choice, obviously you're talking about money difference, but in that regard, either or both of them may improve their stock. And from a monetary standpoint, it becomes a wash, and you end up being better off playing at the NCAA level than at the the D-League or the G-League or whatever they're calling the alphabet soup at the NBA these days. Well, we'll see. Of course, the timeline could get pushed back and will get pushed back on all this in terms of, you know, in college basketball, you can declare, test the waters, and come back. That's going to get adjusted back. The draft's probably going to get adjusted back. The whole sports world is is changing i did hear and and we're not going to get into nfl free agency talk although there's big news there with with what's going on in tampa bay uh you know you look at the nfl in particular and they've got all these experts that spend year round trying to figure out who they should draft and then they draft ryan leaf instead of peyton manning you know and, and there's some that think if you just held the draft on january 15th and skipped the combine and skipped the pro days and skipped all the workouts and stopped overthinking it and just go you, you, you look back and you say you know what I just watched three years of Dalvin Cook run the football, and I don't need to see him do a three-cone drill. He can play football, and so I'm going to draft him here. Maybe we'd we'd have better results. I don't know that you'd get worse than what you get now. I I think from a statistical standpoint, you're right on. (laughs) Uh, And I also think it would eliminate some of the conversations we have about whether Joe Burrow's hand is a six and a half, a seven and a half, an eight and a half, or however they measure that stuff. I, I saw him play, and he put the ball where it needed to be in a very acceptable fashion. And I'm not worried about whether the ball's wet or cold. I, I think he makes good decisions. I would go with him. Well, I like him even more now after he responded to that by putting on social media, I've been told that my hands are too small. Keep me in your thoughts and prayers or something to that effect. I'm like, good for him for being able to have a sense of humor about it. All right, so let's talk about that. Yesterday the news came down, and so the NCAA, when they announced that the NCAA tournament wasn't going to proceed, they also announced that all spring sports championships were canceled, which, and this is just a week ago, I thought at the time was a little premature to be canceling things in June. I mean, I understand canceling March, or I didn't understand why we didn't say we'll reevaluate on April 1 kind of thing. Now, as we've seen, and we're in the the CDC recommended this week, eight weeks of no more than 50 people in gatherings. Well, that takes you to plus or minus May 10th. So, I I mean, I I guess the biggest thing I'll say about the NCAA is for an organization that has been 
way behind every pressing issue in its entire history. For them to be way out in front of this one just caught me completely off guard. Well, there are those that argue, would still argue they made the decision inappropriately and, and not soon enough. Because you recall, it was a step process. They were going to hold the tournament with nobody in the stands, nobody in the arenas, and then made the decision to cancel. That also leads to two other things that uh, we'll introduce. I'm not sure we can get through both of them in this segment. It may carry over. But number one, the potential eligibility of seniors in what's called the spring sports. Now, let's differentiate. First and foremost, we have to remember that basketball, men's and women's basketball, is considered a winter sport. So as the discussions as I understand them right now are, this is a discussion for allowing seniors to have an extra year of eligibility for the spring sports. So that doesn't mean that Dominic or Trent can come back and play or some of the ladies on Sue's team uh, could come back and play an extra year. That may change, but that's where the conversation is right now. And then the second sub-part of that is what do you do with the scholarship limitations and those types of things? We, I've got some thoughts on that. But in recent events, and as we sit here on Wednesday, the Florida legislature is scheduled to come back tomorrow, Thursday, and their one last and their only mandatory uh, item of business is to pass the budget. It has to be a balanced budget, and that's expected to be done on Thursday after the 72-hour cooling-off period. But prior to them leaving they passed, and it's now sitting on the governor's desk, or soon to be, the name, image, and likeness bill that Florida uh, put together. Governors expect to sign it. Uh, the implementation date, as I understand it, has been pushed back to 2021. But nevertheless, we've got those two issues going on, and then I'll just foray into it, and then I'll listen to your... They're not going to do anything with name, image, and likeness until they get through with this senior eligibility for spring. So the NIL may get pushed back a bit because they've still got to work out the details if they choose to move forward with what it means to grant another year of eligibility to these spring athletes. True. I will say that in the case of the state of Florida, originally this was legislation that would have taken effect July 1st of this year. And in the process, in the sausage-making process, they pushed it back to a year, which basically gave the, they, the, the Florida legislators understand that having a different set of rules in every state is not ideal. So they gave the NCAA a year to work it out. Your point is that year may be reduced to six months by the time they get done dealing with this other stuff. My point is... They got out in front of this issue with coronavirus in, in a day. How come they spent their entire existence not being out in front of NIL? Um, before we get to the individual players, let's just think this through, and, and then we'll finish this segment. But related to the decision to go ahead and suspend spring, again, it seemed premature at the time. It seemed like you could do 30-day check-ins. But now, a week later, look where we are. Florida State is remote in terms of student learning for the rest of the spring. All Florida, all state universities in Florida are, per the governor. So how could you even see a scenario where you're telling students and student athletes they got to be in their hometown for class until the end of April, which is when Florida State spring semester ends. But in the meantime, we're going to start playing baseball games again on May 4th. So you're going to work out at home, then you're going to come back, and even beyond whether you could shake the rust off and you could do that. There's the whole liability issue. If you're the NCAA or the conference or the university, that is taking these steps to send everybody else home, but now we're going to take our student-athletes and say, you have to be here to practice. And what happens if it spreads in that vein? Well, I think you've answered, and I think that was the intent of your comment. If the universities are not meeting, 
then you can't have athletics. They are student athletes. They're not athletic students. So if there is no school, there should be no athletics. That's just, to me, common sense. I hate it. I absolutely hate it. Uh, there's conversation, I'm sure, about, you know, could we do anything in the summer uh, in terms of, like, men's baseball and, and softball for the ladies? You know, can we do an abbreviated something in the fall? Because they do have some fall workouts and fall things that they do. Could Instead of it being three or four or five weeks or whatever it is, currently could we expand that to six or eight, play some games, do some things? Uh, I could see that happening. But if you're not meeting as a university, bottom line is I don't know how you can uh, be participating as an athlete. All right. We'll get into Mike Martin Jr. spoke to the media earlier today. Obviously, he got asked plenty of questions about seniors coming back or not coming back and that sort of thing. So we'll get into the the individual ramifications of this. And uh, it's not quite as clear cut. On the surface, it seems simple. Just give the seniors another year. And then you realize that that means that your scholarship budget just went up because now you're going over the limit. And while FSU maybe could afford it, some schools couldn't. And anyway, that's for us to chew on in the next segment. Stay with us. We're only halfway through on Front Row Knowles. Front Row Knowles is brought to you by the Osceola, dedicated to FSU sports and fan experiences. Sign up for a free trial at theosceola.com or call 833-FSU-NEWS. Back on Front Row Knowles, Tom and KJ with you. Want to remind you that uh, you should go ahead and subscribe to the Osceola. You can find more info at theosceola.com. Normally, we have an Osceola insider join us. We weren't able to work that out this week. We're uh, we're adhering to the social distancing guidelines, and uh, we'll get the technology figured out so we can do this uh, in an easier fashion moving forward. But uh, they've got reaction right now at theosceola.com about the end of the spring sports season, which was announced by the ACC and FSU yesterday. Also, uh, Mike Martin Jr., and we're going to talk about this now, but they'll delve deep into this. He had a teleconference with media earlier today. I can't imagine if you're a guy like me, if you're any, not just me, if you're a coach, a college coach, you are used to having to do something pretty much 24-7, 365, save for there's maybe two weeks of downtime depending on your schedule, and you take your vacation. But other than that, you're either on the field, you're making sure your kids are going to class, you're recruiting, you're sending a letter to a recruit, you're sending a text to a recruit, you're doing something. And right now, they've hit the pause button on all that. So I would suggest that Meat better find a hobby. Maybe he's going to be playing golf with his old man. I mean, they, the, the NCAA has even put in an extended dead period on the recruiting, so you can't be sending letters or texting. Uh, I've heard anecdotally about on the football side that, you know, some of the coaches have told their staff, you're never going to get another opportunity like this. You better go home. And if you have a beach house or a lake house or a cabin in the mountains, now would be a good time to use it because we're going to have to double up everything we do when we get back to doing what we do. Uh, I don't know. I think that varies all across the, the, the gambit. I think, though, it does beg and brings us back to the question, we'll use meat and, and the Florida State baseball program as, as our talking point or lynch point. Um, most people maybe are familiar, many aren't, that you get 11.7 scholarships. 
How they came up with that number, I don't know. Somebody smarter and have better pay grade than I will have to explain it. But you get 11.7 scholarships, okay? Can I try? You're welcome. It's a 10% reduction compared to the women's sports that had 13 scholarships. So you're taking away 1.3 and you get to 11.7. Now, don't ask me which sport specifically, but that's how you get the oddball numbers. And therefore, listeners, we've just confirmed that I'm smarter than Keith. There you go. <laughs> anyway, so if you're Mike Martin Jr. and you've got five seniors on your staff right now, probably one or two of them are either going to get drafted or going to be willing to sign at the professional level. But you may have two or three that could use another year or candidly are not candidates to play at the next level. I mean, you're looking at a guy that had a pretty good college career, started for three years, played in a top five program for two of those, still in the record books a little bit on some things. But there was never a doubt, never a question, never a concern that I was going to play at the NFL. So you may have some of those athletes. Lonnie may have some, a couple, three of those on the softball side. Track and field, golf, go down the list. Those are the ones that might be wanting to take advantage of that opportunity, and you'd want to give them that opportunity, but they're not stars. But you're going to bring them back. Well, meanwhile, you've committed, at least this time of day, this time of year, you've committed to um, giving scholarships or awarding scholarships for incoming freshmen. So the number one thing that has to happen, once you make the decision to allow an extra year of eligibility, you have got to increase that scholarship limitation. That goes back to your original point. There are many institutions that can absorb that, but there are also many institutions that that would be a, a, a difficult thing to do. And the money they were getting from the conference because of the NCAA basketball tournament, which goes to everyone, they're now not potentially not going to receive in terms of the overall budget. How do you manage that? How do you implement that? How does that work itself out becomes the stumbling block. And I don't know the answers. i got opinions, but I don't know the answers, and I don't know when the NCAA will have the answers. Let's back up just a second because we're talking about spring sports. My two cents, just to wrap up the basketball conversation, winter sport, even though Trent Forrest was deprived of a tremendous opportunity, they played 90% of their season, 80% of the season. So I don't think we have to have the conversation. It's unfortunate. Timing in life is everything. I hate it for Trent. I hate it for the three seniors on the women's team. I hate it for, I mean, for that matter, I, I mean, you could be an underclassman and you could make a, a conver, an argument about whether underclassmen should get another year. But in the case of winter sports, they played 80 or 90% of their season. Turn the page on that. Now, back to spring sports. You're right. I think it's a different answer for every sport. So you mentioned softball. Well, softball doesn't have a turn pro option that you can sustain yourself on. So if you're a senior in softball and you could get another year, well, guess what? Maybe now you can knock out your master's degree and get it paid for while playing a sport you love because you can't turn pro. You can turn pro and play in the league they have, but you're not paying enough bills to do that. Uh, now, baseball is different. If you're a legitimate prospect, you could go get in the minor leagues and you could take a whack at it. I, I do think on the baseball side, uh, it's almost counterintuitive, but the guys who come back may be the ones who realize that baseball is not their future, and they are 
perhaps it's not getting a master's degree, but it's finishing their education all right now and playing another year of baseball and getting done with it. And, and let's be fair, and nobody wants to hear this, but let's be fair. I'll change sports so we won't pick on Mike Martin Jr. in Florida State baseball, but remember senior day at Florida State from a football perspective? Were there not six or eight or ten kids that you didn't know their name or what position they played? So as a head coach, there may be some kids that they're great kids, but you don't necessarily want them to come back. You won't say that. You won't implement that. But senior day at Florida State University, Dope Campbell Stadium, when those seniors were introduced, there were a number of kids that our fans didn't know who they were and what they played. They may not be the ones that you want coming back, even though it would be in their best interest. Obviously, football is off the table, much like when I agree with you on the winter sports. But same thing applies to baseball, to softball, to track and field, to golf. They may not have the crowds in the stand, but the coaches know who they want and who they don't want. So I do think, and I forget the exact number, I feel like it, it may have been Kurt with the Democrat that I saw this number that counted up and there were 65 seniors plus or minus across all the spring sports at FSU. Kurt, I'm giving you credit. Maybe it wasn't you, and if it's the wrong number, then uh, then it wasn't you. It was Wayne. <laughs> no, I, I don't recall, but that's where I thought it was. But so of those 65, right away you think about budget impl- implications. What if they all came back? Well, they're not all going to come back. They're going to make, to the conversation we're having, several of them are going to look at it and say, well, I have the option to turn pro. I'm going to do it. I had a job lined up. I'm going to do that. I have to support my family. I, I'm going to do that and move on. So out of that number... I couldn't offer an educated guess on what the percentage would be. I feel like it'll be, I mean, I'll do it anyway. I feel like it'll be closer to 25% than it would be 100%. So that will ease some of the budget concerns. But I think the next thing, though, goes to the recruiting. So you've got a hotshot shortstop coming in that you just committed that's coming out of high school. And now all of a sudden, bad example, I know Nander's not a, a senior at FSU, but just play along with this. Uh, now, all of a sudden, the starting shortstop is returning, and maybe I don't want to go to FSU anymore because I thought I was going to play this year. So then you got coaches that have to manage that and manage playing time. Or the backup shortstop who agreed to not play a lot his freshman year because he was going to be the starter as a sophomore. Uh, you know, you got those kind of issues which go with roster management that coaches deal with all the time that we don't see. Uh, I mean, you see it at the youth league maybe if your kid's playing youth league and you see what the parents are like there. It, it gets buffered from the general public, but but these college coaches, they're getting worn out by parents and whatnot, too, about why their kid isn't playing and, hey, Johnny needs to play more. That continues and exacerbates. And, and you say, well, oh, come on, guys. You're talking about 25 or 30 kids. <clears throat> Pardon me. Well, that's 25 or 30 kids at Florida State. Multiply that by 129 or however Division One schools there are. You know, this is affecting thousands of kids. And it's a big deal that has to, and, and as they say, you know, it's all in the details. It's all in how you put it together. One of the things that I came up with, because you know how my mind works, all right, I'm a fifth-year senior, okay? I've not graduated, but I guess an extra year of eligibility. Can I now in, enter the transfer portal and transfer and play immediately? I don't know. I don't know who knows. 
it feels like the answer to that one should be we're just going to say no if you're taking the extra year it's got to be at the institution you're at but it's a valid question and on the FAQ on the NCAA compliance site somebody's going to have to draft an answer to that so everybody knows that's my point how many of those how many additional questions that my brilliant mind because I am smarter than you hasn't come up with yet talking about spring sports so basketball got all the attention last week meanwhile the same day that the announcement came that spring sports were canceled the indoor track and field championships were taking place now they i think were just friday and saturday and this was thursday but all the athletes who had qualified were there they'd already been working out for two days they'd already been around each other they'd already stayed in the same in hotel rooms eating meals together rode buses together sweat together on the track they literally could have gone 48 hours and completed a national championship decided their champions and instead it got shelved and i know it's air on the side of caution but they were i mean march madness at least was going to take three and a half weeks we still had to do selection sunday track was right they could have moved the schedule from friday night saturday night to friday morning saturday morning and made it 36 hours so i know they're devastated and side note and it may not be for long but it's an olympic year right now and these people have been training their whole life to peak at this time and now they can't train and ultimately and lord knows front row Knowles isn't going to decide this but i have to think the olympics are probably going away too we'll see i mean getting pushed back uh and again that's the timing is everything you could you could train for next year if you're good enough but if this was your peak year then you're on the other side of the curve you just missed out those are all of the smaller minute things that we haven't even a uncovered and b don't know about to look for that'll come out in the days and weeks going forward which makes this whole issue the, the obvious and appropriate national concern that it is. We're talking about collegiate athletes. Should point out that uh, we're conducting these interviews via the uh, Earl Bacon Agency microphone today rather than the hotline, the Earl Bacon Agency ensuring your future together. Um, well, let, let's let's take a break, let it breathe. We'll come back and do one more segment right after this on Front Row Knowles. Like anything was possible, hit cruise control. Three days and the rain was unstoppable. It was always cold, no sunshine. Front Row Knowles on 97.9 ESPN Radio is presented by Hobson Chevrolet of Cairo, Georgia. Get your best deal the Hobson way. Now, back to Tom and Keith. Back on Front Row Knowles, Tom and KJ with you as the, we uh, finish up this show. And I, it, it's weird that we could have this much to talk about when there's no sports going on. But uh, these are the things to pontificate in times like this. Uh, I do want to tell everybody, and, uh, and hopefully you're doing this, just make wise decisions uh, given the landscape we're in. It, it's literally uncharted waters, and we'll all get through this together. Um, Keith, this seems really insignificant to have this conversation, but I'm going to do it anyway. We haven't talked about football, and so you got a brand-new head coach that comes in. He's laying the foundation. He's setting the culture. They go through uh, their off-season conditioning drills. They get into spring practice. They were going to be off this week anyway for spring break, and now, lo and behold, spring practice is gone. Spring football is gone. Now, that's true for everybody. So 
I, on the one hand, I can make the case that that's really not good for Coach Norvell trying to change the culture right now. On the other hand, I could make the case that if he's already started to change the culture and guys are bought in, maybe FSU could gain ground right now if there's other places that are, for lack of a better term, you know, resting on their fanny a little bit more than they might be if they were meeting in person. But what's your general thought just to kind of about where we are on the football side? Two, two things. Number one, very, very insignificant point. Uh, but I know, for example, Clemson had nine practices and Florida State had three. Now, if I'm Coach Mike Norvell, I don't bring that up. But there's going to be a coach somewhere in some conference that brings up the fact that their arch rival or their competitor got more practices than they did, and they want somehow that to be adjusted for. Okay? Just walk, walk, write it down. That's going to come up. But number two, the other thing that you miss, because remember back in the old days, the spring game was in late May, and you came back in the middle of August. So, for example, you had an eight or nine weeks summer. Well, now the spring game is in early April, and you come back in mid-August, sometimes early August. So the, the summer is 12 or 13 weeks or 14 weeks. Well, normally you're on campus, and you can put together some things. They've got the eight-hour rule versus the 20-hour rule. And then over the summertime, you have the seven-on-seven -seven drills and the other quote-unquote voluntary player-led things. How much, because humans are humans, how much, because the kids aren't on campus, are they going to get behind in their training? And then when summer rolls around and or fall practice rolls around, instead of being able to practice at full speed, you have to spend a week getting kids in condition. How far behind might that put you? And then my third point, which is unique not just to Florida State, but is unique to those kids that are, or those programs that are putting in new systems. This was a learning curve thing. You know, they know how to do it at Clemson. They've been doing it the same way, offensively, defensively, special teams. At Florida State, they're putting new things in. They're not having time to spend watching film, going through walkthroughs, other things that go into what, I think the, the professional term, if I was a professional, is the install, you know, of, of their system. How behind do you get because of that? All of those are questions that I don't know the answer to, but I'm, I'm raising the question, and it just complicates the issue further. You're dead on, by the way, about a coach bringing up the fact that School X had more practice time than they did. To be fair, 9-3 Clemson FSU, some schools hadn't started spring practice, so they're at zero. So they want all 15 back. And uh, on the one hand, you could just say, all right, you get to start that many days earlier with your fall drills. But that's not really fair to the players because now you've extended fall camp into 45 days or whatever it is. So, yeah, in terms of conditioning, every sport, football or non, you can believe the student athletes have a plan from the strength coaches. Here's what you need to be doing every day. But just as if it's me or you in the gym and we're doing our plan on our own or we're paying for a fitness instructor that's yelling at us to work harder, it makes a difference. I, I do see there was video over the weekend. I think it was in Spain, but it was – with some big city where like on the 10th store of a building 10th story of a building on the roof there's a fitness instructor and he's leading a fitness class for all the apartments across the street and it's people on their balconies that are just bored to tears because they've been quarantined and they're doing the fitness and i'm thinking well i guess you could do this with zoom or whatever and video in but that leads to the question that they can't even do that right now not because of technology but because 
they're not allowed to. I mean, you can't have these. Even if you had the technology set up and you got every football player on his iPad, you can't lead that kind of class right now because you're not allowed to. Exactly. And again, an issue that maybe technology could solve, but because of the lay of the land, you're not allowed to do it. And and then this is kind of a far-reaching point, but you know, just the the state of. 85 or 90 or 95, whatever the, the number is with scholarship and preferred walk-ons, you're all scattered apart. You know, you don't have the opportunity to go have a hamburger together or to go bowling, and I'm being kind of 50-ish. But there's the camaraderie, the team building, the learning to get along, to the maintenance of friendships and all that type of thing gets disruptive. And, and we all know that the chemistry of a ball club, regardless of the sport, is also a huge factor. And as a result, you're going to lose that dimension of whatever you were trying to put together. Certainly it'll be paused, for lack of a better word, and, and who knows what that means. So I agree with you, but just to be 20-ish, not that I am, Kids today communicate via their devices, so maybe there'll be better chemistry because they're going to spend 24-7, 365 on their tablets. You, you have to make sure that the, our listeners are very well of our technological differences, don't you? <sighs> hey, I'm no expert, trust me. Um, as evidenced by the fact that we're sitting in my driveway right now to make this sh- show work in the Annex studios of Prime Meridian Bank. Here's something, I don't know that anybody's talked about this yet, but just think about can't speak for you when I say you, the royal you. We've all gone to the grocery store and we bought every last ounce of food available and now we're sitting at home and we're bored and we open up the pantry and now we open up the bag of chips and we're eating the bag of chips. And now an hour later we're bored and we're eating something else. And so what I'm suggesting is that the training table related to FSU football, so you had all this, two weeks ago we had a press conference Coach Norvell talked about how many guys had uh, positive weight gain, not necessarily meaning they gained weight, but they went in the right direction, gained 12 pounds, lost 12 pounds. Well, now, not only are they not going to have the opportunity to make better choices at the training table, they're going to have the opportunity to make worse choices sitting at home. Can I complicate that even further? For the vast majority of them, they're going to be home with their mama. And this is a time when mama normally had son or daughter at school, but now has son or daughter at home for a limited period of time before they have to go back to school, you think mama's gonna overcompensate a little bit? Yeah, there may be a few more apple pies and, and there may be a few more carrot cakes and there may be some additional ice cream available. I agree with you. I mean, again, these are first world issues, but when you talk about it in the training table, so now however long, and, and Florida State's not there yet, at least as we record this, but what the governor said uh, yesterday was, you know, go to remote learning for the rest of the spring, but start looking at it for summer. Well, now you're talking about, uh, you know, the summer sessions at FSU run plus or minus May 5th to June 15th for the first one, and then the second summer session is June 25th to August 5th. You start cutting into summer, then you're not on campus at all, and you just show up in August if we're in a position to do that and say, all right, let's go play football. Wow. To be fair, I hadn't really thought about that simply because I'm hoping, I am really open, as I know most are, that this uh, sequestering and staying away ends uh, at the end of this semester and that we're back to regular uh, school, as it were, come the summer terms. Uh, That obviously is our hope and prayer, uh, but I, I hear you. I hadn't thought about it, but I hear you. You know what there is plenty of time to do right now? 
do-it-yourself projects because what else are you doing? You got no excuse. You're stuck at home. So you might as well get to that project you've been trying to do. And we have just the friend that can help you out. If you do have a DIY project that needs to be finished, well, go visit Ron and his knowledgeable staff at Cornerstone Tool and Fastener. And you can get all your power tool needs met there. Two locations to choose from, 1110 Stuckey Avenue and 3269 Crawfordville Highway. You can call them at 580-1200 or online at www.ctf.nu. And I know Ron and his staff will tell you to stay on the other side of the counter, maintain that six foot, uh, but you bring it up, we'll ring it up or call it in, we'll take it out to you. Either way, you can get started on that project. Did you just come up with that? You bring it up, we'll ring it up, or is that somebody's slogan? I just came up with that on accident, but I just came up with it. I, I didn't think you were clever enough to have thought that out. You bring it up, we'll ring it up. <laughs> All right. Ron, if you want to take that, just give Keith some credit. Just put his little name down the bottom, a little asterisk there, and he'll take full credit for that. Uh, we joke, but the reality is, um, I, and I don't need Ron for this, but I've got several closets in a garage that need to be cleared out, and uh, I, I should have some extra time to do that right now because the social calendar is pretty free. Well, you don't have a Ron to take care of that, but you do have a Laura that will remind you. <laughs> yes, yes, I do. You are correct. Uh, going back to where we started and, uh, you know, mentioning Cornerstone Tool and Fastener, we mentioned this at, at the, the top of the show. Uh, do what you can, folks, in these times to support your, your local businesses, uh, you know, within your means, obviously. And I, I know that everybody is, is being affected one way or the other uh, and some more than others. And uh, just stay safe, make good decisions. Keith and I are going to uh, do this show weekly. Uh, I mean, I figure if the other places can do it full time, we can probably find an hour a week of something to talk about which we did today. We checked that box, but uh, I guess we have to do it to stay sane. I, I, I'll go back to where I started the show as we finish up, Keith. I'm still not in a frame of mind where I really care to read about transactions and the fact that Jason Witten left the Cowboys and signed with the Raiders or that Tom Brady left the Patriots and is coming down here. I, I'm just, my appetite to get back into that is not really where it needs to be, even though we just did an hour talking about uh, what, what really is insignificant things. This is how much time I've had. So, Jason Witten leaves the Cowboys to join the Raiders, and the Raiders are moving to Las Vegas. The Raiders are coached by Gruden, right? So Gruden was the Monday night guy, and Witten was the Monday night guy, and he left the booth after a year and went back to playing ball. Does that mean that Booger McFarlane is going to sign with the Raiders to play 2020? I think it might. I think you could be onto something. Speaking of that, Keith, in another life, we're all going to be Tony Romo and make $18, $20 million to call one game a week for 20 weeks a year. What do you think? I think that's only if you can play football and play golf. So that narrows down a number of people. We make slightly less than that each week, which is why we continue to come back each week. And we'll do that again next week right here on Front Row Nose. Till then, he's Keith. I'm Tom. We'll talk to you next week. We don't need no we don't need no thought control.